Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am here today coming all the way from India. I'm with a very special person who I've known for many years, actually, Vishal Sina. Now, Vishal has got a background in the travel industry, gosh, over 20 years with very senior roles at BA. Uh, we worked together at TUI as well, Carlson Wagon Lee. But Vishal has recently made that big move out of corporate life to become an entrepreneur. And he now has his own business. He's the founder of We The Chefs. So Vishal, it is great to see you. Great to see you too, Jeanette. Thank you for inviting me. And it's great to be on this platform. Oh, fantastic. Well, as I say, we go way back, don't we? Quite a few years now. Um, we're getting older by the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't remind me. But yeah, we have we have known each other for ages, I would probably say. And it had been probably one of my best 10 years when I came back to India working with you. Oh, you see, you say all the right things, Vishal. This interview is going to go very well, may I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, honestly, it's, it's a real pleasure. And we've been trying to get this in the diary for a while. So here we are going international, uh, which is wonderful. But Vishal, you know, you've done a huge amount in your career. And I've got had the pleasure of getting to know you quite well over the years. But a lot of people won't necessarily know Vishal Sina. So can you just give us a, a quick canter through your history, Vishal, and we're going to then have a really interesting chat about everything you're up to. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Jeanette. Yes, you do make me sound a bit old and I have uh, and I have worked for years and years and probably a couple of decades in the, uh, in the travel industry. Uh, I started my career with British Airways uh, in India and then moved on to uh, Dubai to look after distribution. I was looking distribution at a point of time when we had September 11th, and when the entire focus of the company was to look at distribution costs. So uh, I do remember that I was the only one in the organization, at least in the Middle East organization, that was allowed to travel in spite of all the cash cuts, only because I was trying to save money. So that was interesting. Moved from distribution to marketing, and I looked after marketing for the whole of uh, Middle East, South Asia, and Africa. Which was, uh, which was brilliant because it gave me exposure to different cultures. Uh, from Dubai, I moved to Hong Kong uh, just in time to face uh, SARS. So, uh, you know, I was in Hong Kong and we had SARS and, you know, uh, again, a real crisis for the airline to be able to look at other avenues of revenue, especially from Hong Kong where I was posted. Uh, I was in Hong Kong for two years. Uh, then I moved to Shanghai for a year, where I was responsible for the launch of the British Airways flights into Shanghai. It was interesting because that was probably one of the only destinations in the network where we started after Virgin. So it was uh, it was good fun because you were trying to establish yourself over there. Then moved to Japan, and I was in Japan for uh, eight years, 
where I looked after Japan and Korea. We started our flights to uh, Haneda, which was very interesting. And again, we started flights to Seoul too. But again, in Japan, uh, we also had uh, the, the earthquake, the big earthquake, the tsunami. So I was actually uh, the GM in Japan and Korea at that point of time, managing the businesses in Japan. And also, I think one of the things which was which was really important was managing the emotions of people and, and making sure that all of them feel safe, right? Nothing that which we could do, right? It was a it was pretty much a national disaster, but we sort of lived through it, and uh, and that was that was a tough one. And then I moved to India uh, with Tui, which was good fun because we were setting up the business in India. So uh, Tui was a good two to three years, and then I moved to CWP, uh, which is which is one of the leading companies in business travel. So uh, I was uh, heading CWT for India for good uh, five years. Before I decided to take a bungee jump from my corporate uh, career into the entrepreneurial world, the idea was to have fun, right? Uh, I'm, I'm having fun, but the free fall at times worries you. So it's been, it's, and I'm hoping at the end of it, when I land, I do enjoy the entire experience. So this is where I am in my career. Oh, fantastic, Vishal. My gosh, what a canter through. And, and you know, I mean, you've done some incredible roles, very senior roles, you know, CEO roles running where, where you know, you're responsible for the full P&L and for the growth, the strategy and everything. So huge amount in here. And I'm, um, yes, I'm delighted that you've joined me on the entrepreneurial cra crazy journey that we're both on. So we've both made that jump out of corporate into entrepreneur. But let, let's talk a little bit, uh, Vishal, if, if, if we may, around kind of your even going back before you, you know, jumped into the world of work at BA, I mean, what a great brand to, to have in your CV at such an early part of your career. Um, but did you always know you wanted to get into sort of travel, aviation? You know, where did that come from, that passion for the industry? Because you have been in it a long time. Uh, but was that something you always knew that was the direction or, or how did it play out for you? Not at all, Jeanette. I don't think I had ever intended to get into travel trade. Uh, my family is full of bureaucrats, so uh, I was I was pretty much getting into the bureaucracy. And we had a break, and there was an ad which came on. Uh, uh, there was an ad of British Airways, right? I opted for the job. I said, "Let me go for the interviews." We had a few uh, rounds of interviews. Got selected. I said, "I'll do this for six months, right? And then I will again go back and appear for my civil services examination, which is a big thing in India." Uh, that six months, I decided to leave British Airways after 19 years. I don't know how time flew. Uh, the very fact that I, uh, six months into the job, I was sitting in a business class and sipping a glass of champagne probably changed my entire career decision to say, this is what I want to do. And, and that's when I realized that I, uh, I have, I'm really, really passionate about traveling, uh, meeting new people, uh, eating, Right, that's where I decided that probably this is the uh, this is the job which I want to do, because it actually helps me in in making sure that I can travel all around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and um, and you know, because you lived all over the world, right? You've lived in some. I mean, you've moved a lot, and you've moved your family. You know, I mean, your kids would have been very young. Um, you know, when you were in, in those overseas assignments, so. How how did that work out for you as a family, you know, with the pressures of the corporate world and you're, you know, you're literally moving Dewey and the kids from sort of one place to another every few years, almost like 
I suppose, almost like military families in a way that end up, you know, sort of moving from country to country. How did that work out as a family? Was it really difficult? Um, were you so committed to the job that you almost would go anywhere to, to fulfil the professional side of it? How, did, how was it? Well, let me, let, me, let me show the selfish side of it and say that I was, uh, I did want to make sure that I'm, I'm traveling around and I'm moving from one place to the other because that was a tremendous opportunity for me to learn things. But I think I'm, I'm actually very fortunate, Jeanette, to have a family which really supported the move. The kids were young at that point of time, uh, right? So at a lot of times they didn't have a choice. They didn't know they were moving from one city to the other till the time when reality hit them and they were going to new schools. Uh, but by and large, they have been, you know, uh, all of them have been absolutely fine with the move, right? Uh, the good thing about us as a family is the fact that all of us love traveling, all of us love exploring new, exploring new places. And the most importantly is, uh, is probably the common thread in the family, thanks to my wife and me, is food, right? So we love eating out. We love experimenting with food. Right. It's it's ironical. It's a bit funny because my kids, they would go out and experiment anything. But at home, they are such fussy eaters. Right. But when they're out and about, they would eat possibly anything that is served to them. So overall, no, I think my my toughest move was when I moved back to India, which was around eight or nine years ago. And that time, my kids were slightly more grown up and they knew that move actually meant that you were moving away from friends. But, but they, they adjusted to it fairly quickly. So, uh, so I've been fortunate in that way of having a family which, which, is, which is probably happy to move around the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think in the first five, ten minutes, Vishal, you've mentioned food about five times already. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, bit, so a, bit of a, a bit of a hint over there to say, all right, this is what my passion is. Exactly. So, hey, listen, I mean, I remember, you know, the times when we were working together at Tui and I'd be over in Delhi and we'd, we'd have some fabulous meals out and restaurants. And, you know, so even back then, I remember you being really passionate about the sort of the whole gastro side of things. So, yeah, I was on the beneficiary. I think I actually coming over to your lovely home at one point and having a really delicious dinner. So I remember you always had that passion for food. Um, and here we are now, all these years later, where you've actually now set up a business based around that. So let's talk about We The Chefs, Vishal, because this is so exciting for you, isn't it? It's, it's really, really exciting. So talk about that. So uh, I'll, I'll probably take a step back, you know, that as I said, you know, uh, I'm, I've been very passionate about travel. And I think one of the things that you realize later is the fact that you're very passionate about travel. One element is seeing new places and meeting new people, but the other is about food, right? And, and one of the things which I always think is that when you, when you start talking about uh, anything which is memorable in your life or a, or a great destination, there's always a mention of food, right? There's always something about a great meal which you've had over there or a great meal which someone had cooked or the fact that your mom cooks X, Y, Z, which she does extremely well. There is, there's always a reference to food. And I think you're, you're probably one is the bits in terms of uh, tasting the food at that point of time, but at the later stages more of tasting the story. Right, because there are so many remembrance with food and stories around it. And, and also, uh, one of the things which I did see in India was the fact that a lot of people didn't know where to go for good food, right? There are a lot of people who are extremely passionate about cooking and 
and some of us who are extremely passionate about eating. It was more in terms of making sure how do we connect people with, with good food. And, uh, and that was the whole intent. Uh, how I started this off is a, is a bit of a funny story. Uh, you know, I started cooking probably four years ago. And, uh, and not that I ever cooked before. Uh, I started sort of tossing up meals and the kids loved it. It was a, more of a Sunday ritual where I would cook. And what was really important was the cooking wine. And someone did ask that you were feeding kids wine at such an early stage. And for me, it was not the wine I was using while cooking. It was the wine I was drinking while cooking. So Sunday ritual was more in terms of opening up a really nice bottle of wine, some music, and being able to cook for the kids. Started tossing up a few meals for my friends and they loved it. Uh, during the pandemic, right, a few people started ordering food for me. And uh, it was meant to be a joke and I started charging them, right? And, and whatever money we collected, I actually bought 42 smartphones for an underprivileged school in, uh, in Burgau. Uh, the main reason for doing that was uh, largely because all the schools were, uh, were online and most of these kids did not have access to actually uh, a smartphone. So we got, we got close to uh, 42 smartphones for this, uh, for this underprivileged school. Then I started getting random orders in terms of saying, why don't we, why don't you cook this? Why don't you cook that? Where I realized that that is probably not my forte. I, I cannot really cook so much because what was supposed to be a stress buster suddenly became very stressful. And that's when you realize that, you know, there's a, there's no platform where actually we can connect people with good food, where you can give people an access to good food. So we started, we started a platform, you know, started a, a sort of a tech platform where we're getting all the home chefs to be able to be there on the platform if someone is looking for an authentic regional meal, they can actually go to them, right? So, so that, is, that is what the intent was, you know, for me, it was the idea was to bring people and cultural nuances closer, uh, you know, uh, as many in India are aware of different tastes and spices so that people could understand the different, the different flavors which are there. Right, so that that was the that was that was pretty much the reason why I got people got created this platform to be able to make sure that I'm connecting people with good food. Oh, fantastic! And and Vishal, is it you're focused primarily on Indian food? Is that right? Not necessarily, Jeanette. It is it is basically international food. So you know we are looking at pretty much uh, Indian chefs right now who are who are sort of who do great Thai or who do great Japanese or Korean food. Uh, we recently did organize, did have an event where we had uh, where we had managed to invite one of the one of an Indian chef who's based in uh, Norway and uh, she's actually one of the one, one of the contestants of the MasterChef in Norway and she had come down to India to curate a meal where she had done a bit of a fusion between Norwegian and Indian food. Wow. Right. Gosh. And it was it was absolutely fabulous. Amazing. So 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 just to describe. So I get the whole point about connecting people with good food. And you've got home chefs that are producing just incredible gastronomic delights. How how is the business side of it? Where, where, where's the, the sort of the model, if you like, um, in terms of how how it 
how you monetize it and, and you know, where the commercial side of the business is, Vishal. Just maybe explain that a little bit. for, for So, so what, we are, what we are actually doing over here, Jeanette, is we have, uh, as I said, we have created the tech platform where we are getting the chefs to be able to put in their products, right? So it's like an aggregator. So we we make sure that we are we are, we all have we have all their products. We help them in marketing and distribution. If you if you look at a home chef, right? So what what were the main challenges of a home chef? The main challenges of a home chef is that they're pretty much known within their friends and families. The marketing spend would never justify the ROI. Distribution was a challenge, and accounting was another challenge, right? Because their forte was more in terms of being able to cook. What we are saying is, you focus on cooking. We take all the admin work away from you, right? So we will do make sure that your products are distributed properly. We'll make sure that you are marketed properly. We will make sure that we collect the money for you, right? And we'll make sure that the that the food is delivered to the customers in the way you want it to be delivered, right? And we have a commission model. So we actually work on a commission, right? Where we take a percentage off from the actual sale. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, no, it makes absolute sense because also, like you say, there's a lot of it's fragmented, so it's not easy on the distribution side. So I, I got absolutely. that. Absolutely, I love it. I love it, Visha. And how long? When did you start the business? How long has it have you been going? It's quite early days, uh, isn't it? It's very early days, Jeanette. It's just been around uh, three months now, right? I've been I've been toying with the idea throughout the pandemic, right? Uh, actually, it came into like you know. It, it was only when I when I decided that I have to leave and I have to follow my passion. Uh, so three months. Gosh, well, how exciting! So, what was the catalyst then, Vishal? What was it that finally gave you the courage and you know to actually make that move? Because when you are in those big jobs, and we've both been in that world for many years, you know, yes, you you're under pressure, of course. You know, you've got to deliver the numbers. But you're, you know, you're well rewarded. It's 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 relatively safe-ish, if you like, in terms of the corporate world. Whereas all of a sudden, to take that leap of faith into becoming an entrepreneur, there's a lot of unknowns, um, and it takes a while to set a business up and all the rest of it. So it's not easy, and a lot of people never find the courage to do it. They they talk a good talk, but they never make the move. But you did make the move. So what was the catalyst? And just talk us through that process, really, because it might help other people that are sort of thinking about maybe they want to, you know, jump out of corporate and become an entrepreneur as well. So uh, one of the things, uh, Jeanette, if you, if, if I look at my own, uh, my career path, right, I have always moved at the time when I've been the most comfortable in a role, right? Or whenever it has been in PA, people have actually wondered and said, why are you moving now? And for me, it was always about moving out of my comfort zone and trying out something new. Uh, if I look at the last 26 years of my working career, I've always done that. Even when I joined TUI, I was very comfortable with my role in B, and there was no reason for me to move, right? And uh, and I still remember my conversation with the headhunter. If she would have said the fact that if you don't move now, you will never move, I don't think I would have still moved. I would have still been with BI. So I, I've always uh, I've always moved off of my comfort zone to try out something new. Right. That was one element. I had been doing the job at CWT for five years. Right. The last two years were rather difficult because of the pandemic. Right. Uh, it was difficult, not from a business point of view, because everyone understood what was happening, but more from a people point of view, because uh, it was it was our job to make sure that the entire team is motivated. 
right? So I think that was that was a tough one. And 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 the most important element was that I turned 50 last year, and that's what was the deciding factor to say that if I'm passionate about something, I need to do it now, right? It's now or never. Uh, kids were, uh, you know, we're just about to get into university. So yes, there was a need to make sure that there is enough funds for them to be able to sort of finish up their college, you know, but I was extremely passionate in terms of what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do something different. I, in my mind, that was the trigger point, uh, Jeanette. One was getting out of your comfort zone. Secondly, uh, there was a fear of unknown. I wouldn't say there wasn't a fear of unknown. But I think the uh, the excitement of trying something new, the excitement of getting into something completely different, right, uh, was a lot more than the fear of uh, unknown, right? I still don't know where would this business go, but the amount I'm learning, the amount of new things which I'm learning, right? I, I knew tech, I could operate my emails and I could log on to Zoom. But right now you're you're understanding how to actually set up entire tech platform, right? So this has been this has been my tremendous learning, and I'm and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I and I was telling a friend of mine recently was the fact that I probably feel five years younger now because of uh, because of the things which I'm doing right now because of the things which I'm learning. I'm super excited, and uh, and, and that's that's something which I'm so 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 happy about. Oh, you know what, Vishal, I'm so pleased for you because, you know, I, I, you've always been enthusiastic and very positive about, you know, whatever situation you're in. That's your nature is to be very upbeat and positive and smiley and, you know, and that that's absolutely, you know, spot on. But you can really see the passion and the energy that, that you've got for this. You know, it's almost like you've had a injection you're on you're on steroids you know excitement on steroids all driven by the love for food and and a new business know, venture i don't know if the chefs are feeding you with steroids but yes it's oh, at the fun. <laughs> well, well well what were we saying earlier before we press record where we Vishal? we said that you you know you, you've obviously got about another 28 states of india to get through so you know we're Absolutely. hoping that you, keep, you keep the exercise up otherwise you'll be the size of a house <laughs> Absolutely. Not fitting the screen enough. <laughs> when I come back on the podcast, say, 28 months later. <laughs> oh, well, you'll definitely have to come back on and tell us how it's all gone. But yeah, listen, let me just, just for a second, I just want to kind of backtrack a little bit in terms of that move out of corporate into entrepreneurial, because a lot of people, as I say, they, there's a lot in what you were saying that was really resonating with me, Vishal. So one was around um you know just having a passion for something and and always thinking if i don't do it well what what if you know and and actually just wanting to try something new because otherwise you know you'll always be wondering but i think the other thing that when when you make a move from from say corporate to to be your own boss what a lot of people forget is that, yes, there's a lot to learn. Of course, there is. And in particular, you know, with your, what you're doing, building the tech platform. But the reality is you, you don't lose all of those skills and knowledge and everything that you, you've built all these years. They come with you. They're highly transferable. And, and I think a lot of people, sometimes they think when they stop one thing and start another thing, that it's like starting completely from scratch. But the reality is it isn't, is it? So, so can you just talk about um, a little bit around what are the things from your corporate life that are helping you now 
as an entrepreneur? Because that might just also encourage other people to make that move themselves as well, if they're thinking of it. I think you're you're absolutely right, Jeanette. It's not about you know that you come into a role and you unlearn everything. It's it's more in terms of carrying forward whatever you have learned. A couple of things from the corporate world, which which I think I'm carrying forward, and even even as a startup, the one is the bits in terms of making sure that you're setting up a business which is which is compliant and which is sustainable. Right? These two words they do sound uh, a bit theoretical. But I think when you when you start up a business, these are the two most important elements which you need to look at. Apart from the 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 business logic and the fact that what your business stands for, it's important to keep these two in mind because if you are looking at growth, this is the most important thing. This will help you grow. The other thing which is which which I thought was was very important, and this was pointed out by a by a colleague of mine, was the fact that. As a startup, we need to make sure that we are setting up all the processes, right? Again, to an extent compliance, but it's more or less making sure that you have all the processes in place so that when you scale up, it's easy to scale up. Then you don't start reinventing the processes because it becomes far too difficult, right? If you have, if you have set up processes in place, anyone who is joining the team knows that these are the processes that needs to be followed. That gets passed on from one colleague to the other. Right. And you look at any organization, there are lots of documents which are written, there are lots of trading manuals, but a lot of lot of expertise and things are passed on from, from the person who is your predecessor or people who are working with you. And things which were probably not even documented are being done and they become part of the culture. Right. So that's that's what we wanted to make sure that we have the right processes in place. Right. Uh, we are being absolutely transparent. Right. One of the things which I have which I have, which I have loved in the corporate world, and most of the people I have worked with, is the bits in terms of giving people a chance to learn, make mistakes. Right? I must admit, and uh, I can I say this with a smile on my face, when you're in a corporate world, you are a lot more forgiving and saying, "Okay, fine, make mistakes, learn." When you're starting up something, right, that risk appetite suddenly reduces a bit. You still allow people to take chances. You still allow people to make mistakes, but that is something where uh, which sort of reduces a bit. I think that is something which I would say that people need to be a bit more careful about, right? Uh, uh, so, so that is that is one element. But, but again, uh, what I have learned is the bits in terms of planning, bits in terms of making sure that you have emphasis on processes, making sure you are compliant, and you're also thinking about a bigger picture, right? That's something which we're always told in the corporate world. It's not about just the present moment of three months. What are you going to be doing in the next thirty? Right, and you have a clear path around that in terms of how do you achieve that. That is one. One thing which I don't miss: uh, PowerPoint presentations. Right? <laughs> oh, come on, Vishal, you loved a PowerPoint presentation at two in. <laughs> oh, bloody hell! <laughs> That's something which I don't miss at all. It's all about common sense. There is no reason to do n number of PowerPoint presentations. Five minutes, common sense. If you feel it, it, it needs to be done, needs to be done. Let's go ahead and do it. But no, but on a serious note, I think at times uh, we do emphasize a lot of the uh, on PowerPoint presentations or presentations or business cases because it's probably meant to be when you have a startup, right? It becomes a lot easier. You have to be a lot more agile, right? And I think one of the things, one of the key learnings which I have is the bits in terms of being agile. And probably, you know, Jeanette, uh, 
there are some things which you learn and you carry forward when you when you start a business. There are some things which you say, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> right? These are the things which I would never do when I'm running my own business. Right. So I think I think it's it's a it's a mix of two. So it's a learning, right? You learn from something which you want to carry on. There are some things which you say, I don't want to do this. When I'm running my business, I have to do it in a different way. Yeah, well, this is it, you see, because you make the rules, don't you? As a, as a business Absolutely. owner, Absolutely. you make the rules. And, 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 you know, Vishal, I love that because there's some really great sort of insights and, and, you know, pieces of advice there. Because, like you know, I always say when I work with people, either one-to-one mentoring or when I go into a business and do advisory work now, you know, I always say you've got to get the, get the, the balance right. Because you can take a lot of the discipline, the structures, the models, all of that kind of stuff from corporate world. But you have to apply it in a way that's relevant for a startup or for a small business. You know, you don't want to use a hammer to smash a nut, but equally that rigor and discipline, that way of thinking is really useful, I think, as an entrepreneur, because it's it's possibly easier to go from corporate to entrepreneur than entrepreneur to corporate i think if you know Thanks. in terms of the di- the direction I, I mean from i'm talking from my own experience um but but let's talk a little bit around the things that are difficult vishal because you know in the corporate world you do you have you know the job title you have the financial reward you have the team you have you know at the end of the phone you've got your you know you've got your pa you've got your it department you've got marketing you've got all these resources around you and the big brand you know we've all worked for big brands whereas all of a sudden you set up on your own and it's you with your phone and that's it all of a sudden that's all gone um so so talk about the things that are maybe more difficult and challenging vishal um being your own boss See, as you as you rightly said, you know one of the things which I really miss is a is a team, right? And we are building up a team. So suddenly you go in from uh, from having a team of two thousand to being alone. You are the MD and the janitor too, right? So you're you're pretty much doing everything over there. Uh, one of the things which probably helped me in taking the plunge in it was the fact that during COVID we were all working from home. Right. So for a good two years, you were away from people, you were away from office, you were pretty much working on your own. Right. That actually uh, sort of made it a bit easier for me to transit from a from a corporate role onto a onto an entrepreneur role because, you know, uh, nothing really changed because the home office from a CWT became a WTC. Right. It was just a, just moving the words, the alphabets around. Right. So. Uh, so for me, uh, that was that did not change much in terms of the office location and working. What did change was the fact that there were no. You did have a lot of people to bounce off ideas, right? When you're working in the corporate world, you don't realize uh, the the amount of help you have from your colleagues, right? They could be overseas, but they're probably going through the same issues and challenges. Right. And it was it was always very helpful to bounce off ideas from them to be able to understand how can we how can we tackle this challenge? You are left pretty much on your own to be able to look at things and decide. Right. And I am. Uh, I think in the last 27 years of my of working in a corporate, one of the things which I've really enjoyed is engaging with people. Right. That is something you miss, because when it comes to a work related stuff, you really don't have a lot of people whom you can go and speak to who will understand your issues and challenges. There are loads of people who we can speak to who are who are on the entrepreneurial journey, who understand what we're talking about. 
but they probably don't understand your issues or challenges, right? So that is something which I which I definitely miss. Uh, brand, yes, it's important to have the backing of a brand. But what you learn is is the bits in terms of how do you build up a brand over here, right? And and I'll give you a couple of examples with a few brands where I work. They were big brands, but they were probably not big brands in India, right? And and we had worked on this whole thing of being able to establish them in India, or 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 even uh, you know, even with some of the some of the places where I'd worked in PA, there were challenges, right? So you sort of build up a brand. So similarly over here, what we are doing is uh, we are building up a brand. It's a it's a journey, right? Uh, it'll take time, but I'm fairly confident that in the next few years, right, we would be a brand which is fairly well known. So so I I, I think you know to sort of to probably. Uh, I'd say a question in one line. The thing which I miss is the bits in terms of the team, the brand, and and most importantly, the, the money which comes in. Right, so suddenly you have to make sure that that you're getting your funds and everything is in place. So that is also a challenge to begin with. Yeah, yeah, and and that, I think that is the difference, you know, because I think even in the corporate world, you know, there are entrepreneurial opportunities, and I think you know certainly when we were at Tui we were given a quite a lot of autonomy, actually, to run things the way that we wanted to do. Yes, there was a framework and yes, there were certain things that we couldn't, couldn't do. But we were, you know, we had opportunities to innovate and lead the business in the way that we thought was right. But the big difference, I think, when it's your own business is you're investing your own money. And, and, and that feels markedly different. Um, you know, and, and so I think you become a lot more conscious of every every line every line item do you know is this the most effective way it's not that you're not prepared to invest you absolutely are but you you're you're much more um over the detail a lot of the detail because you own cash absolutely absolutely and, and, and one of the things which i think i'm very fortunate uh when i used to work with with all the three companies right uh we always had a shoestring budget when it came to marketing, right? And it was it was always the bits in terms of making sure that you're making the most out of your out of the money which you had, right? For for good enough reasons, right? But it was always about probably saving money, making sure that we are spending it in the right way is a part of my DNA now, right? So so when it comes to spending money, you become a lot more vigilant in terms of how you're doing it. Yeah, I will never forget, Vishal, when we were at TUI and you sponsored the Mumbai Marathon. I will never, ever forget. And you made everyone those headbands with this TUI smile, you know, that, and all these people running with these crazy TUI headbands on. That was, <laughs> And I seem to remember the team all saying, yes, 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 we'll run together. And then gradually everyone starts dropping out. I think I, I, I was left thinking, I, I've got to run this half marathon. I cannot let, let the team down. And I think it was me and about two others in the end. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I took a cab back to the hotel. I, I would admit now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But yeah, I mean, you, you're right. Creativeness, creative, being creative with, with the, um, the money that you've got to get the biggest um, return that you possibly can is, is important, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and, and Vishal, uh, you know, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, no. I would, uh, you know, one of the things which you rightly said, uh, uh, Jeanette, and I would probably like to add over here is the fact that I was fortunate enough to have uh, my bosses or managers who had given me the full freedom to do things. And that's where the entrepreneur skill comes in, 
right, is the bits in terms of making sure that you're taking it as your own business and growing it. So I think that was uh, that was solid grounding for me in terms of being able to understand the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, hey, listen, I mean, I, I trust trust you implicitly, Vishal, you know, and you did a great job at TUI India, that's for sure. So, you know, no, it's uh, it's it's good grounding. And and Vishal, let's talk a little bit about um, managing through adversity, because earlier on when you were talking, you know, the great thing about the travel industry is that it's um, the margins are very thin and you're prone to all sorts of global shocks it's quite a complex business actually with lots of different moving parts and you know you mentioned 9-11 uh, SARS um obviously we've had global pandemic anyone would think as you were talking Vishal that these sort of global disasters follow you around but um anyway I I, <laughs> I think they followed us all around but let's talk about the about leading through adversity What's been the most important things for you as you look back through those sort of key challenging periods that has, has made you sort of get stronger as a leader? What have been the things that have really, you've had to dig deep when the times are really tough? I think one of the most important things to that uh, during a crisis is being able to manage your teams, right? I think that is that is something which is which is the most crucial element. Uh, end of the day, our business is all about people. And how do we make sure that we, our, our teams feel safe and secure, right? So so whichever pandemic you have looked at, be it the war, be it SARS, or be it uh, the tsunami in Japan, right? It was, it was all about how are you making sure that you are there with the team when required, you stay focused, right? And you're making sure that you're being absolutely transparent with them, right? Uh, there is time, there are, and I, especially during crisis, I, I don't think sugarcoating helps. It's important for them to understand what is the situation we are in, what is it that we are doing as a company, and be completely honest about it, right? And brutally honest. And, and that is something which has, which has helped me throughout. When I was in, uh, in Dubai, when I was in uh, Hong Kong, when I was in Tokyo, and when, when I was in Delhi, when we had the entire, uh, you know, the pandemic, from a, from a point of view that our, our business was severely impacted, right? We probably were at, at one point of time, there was nothing, no one was flying. There were no aircrafts taking off. There were no hotels which were being booked, right? So there was nothing which was being done. But how do we make sure in those two years, we have managed to keep our people motivated by getting them to learn new skills, right? Keeping them engaged in different activities. And that was the most important element. How do how do we make sure that you know we have given them a chance to learn things? We have given them a chance to learn new skills. Probably the whole idea of the entrepreneurial journey came into came to me in those two years, where apart from keeping the keeping the team motivated, I also needed to do something to motivate myself, right? And and one of the uh, one of the most important things in a pandemic is that you have to stay optimistic throughout, right? you have to be positive to be able to make sure that you're giving out a positive message to your teams too right so for me for me it's it's all around communication right where you are having an open and transparent communication with people and most importantly is how you're making sure that you're carrying your teams yeah yeah absolutely spot on i totally agree um, with every all of that Bishal. and i think the other thing um, and maybe we can just touch on this uh, briefly is 
you know, making decisions with very often with a limited information. But ultimately, as, as the leader, you have to make a decision. There's nothing worse than, you know, um, someone that doesn't make a decision because that get, makes everyone incredibly nervous and uncertain, you know. So even if you don't always make the right decision, bloody make one and then get everyone behind it to make it as successful as possible. So talk about your decision making style, Vishal, and how you sort of manage to make those important decisions at the times when it's really needed. So, uh, Jeanette, I, I think it's more in terms of, uh, you know, as I said, you have to be patient. You have to make sure in a, in a crisis you're thinking about people. And also about the business, what is important for the business? If you have to take a call, even if it calls for uh, restructuring your teams, even if it calls for uh, you know taking decisions in terms of cutting down salaries or whatever, you need to make sure that people understand the entire reason as to why we are doing it, right? And, and that was something which was really important. Uh, if I give you some examples in terms of the, uh, in terms of the earthquake in Japan, right? It was massive and people were people were pretty worried, right? One of the things which uh, which I had taken the decision was to say that I would actually stay in Japan and be with the team because it was important to be with them at that point of time. And if I decide to move out of Japan, I would have never come back to Japan because that that to me did not make sense, right? On, on hindsight, did I really need to be a martyr? Probably, I don't know. But, but at this point of time, it was really important. At that point of time, for me, it was important to say that I'm going to be staying here. I did send the family back to, uh, they were in Hong Kong for a bit, but I decided that I would stay over there, right? And be with the teams to make sure that they all feel safe and they're taking the right decisions in terms of what needs to be done, right? So throughout, I think, you know, decision-making, you, you cannot have all the information with you all the time, right? As you said, there are things where you are, you are looking at things you don't know, you don't have all the information uh, with you, but you have to take a call and make a decision and you have to take a calculated risk. I've always believed in taking a calculated risk and saying, it makes sense to be able to go ahead and do this, right? Be it my career or be it with the teams or be it with the business proposition. There have been times when I've actually walked in from a business proposition to say, it's not going to work, right? Because end of the day, we will never be able to make our money from this, right? And you know, we have done we have done a couple of instances three where we have said we wouldn't do this because it's not making business sense, right? Yes, it sounds very lucrative, it sounds brilliant, but we have to take a call and move out because it's sensible, right? Ninety percent of the time, I've been proved right, right? So it makes me it makes me a lot more confident. But yes, you do make mistakes sometimes, but but that's part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to, and that's it. And if you don't risk anything, you risk everything, don't you? At the end of the day, absolutely. you know, everything absolutely. comes with risk. Let's talk about confidence for a minute, Bishal, and then I'm going to kind of bring sort of towards the end of the sort of last few questions. So, you know, you've flourished in the roles that you've had and, you know, you've read, you, you've led big businesses, big brands. Um, have you always been confident, Vishal, uh, or have you had to work on your mindset, your self-belief and all of that side of things in order to do the roles that you've done? Let's talk about that, because I think very often people see the role, the job title, think it's easy. It's all right for Vishal. He's there in his big fancy job. But actually, a lot of the time we, you know, we, we have our moments don't we <laughs> where we we you know we need to continue to work on ourselves so let's talk about that because i think it's important really the whole piece around mindset and self-belief and confidence 
Yes, I'm, I'm smiling because uh, every time I've taken a role, I've been super excited about it. But uh, but I wouldn't mention that the first one week I've been so worried, thinking I would never be able to do the job. This is something which I should have never taken up, right? So those that apprehension is there, but it goes off pretty quickly when you actually start looking at things and saying, okay, these are the five things which I need to do. You know, you decide what are the key areas which you need to work on, and one of the things which which probably which has probably helped me throughout is the fact that. An admission of the fact that I don't understand this, right? So I can be fairly dumb and you need to make me sure that you're making me understand this. And I'll probably ask you questions hundred times till the time I've actually understood that. Uh, that probably also helps the team to have trust in you, right? Because they feel that, you know, he's actually admitting the fact he's being a bit vulnerable to say that I don't understand this, right? And they're to, they're to help. So uh, yes, apprehension is there. My confidence comes in from my ability or, or probably my confidence in the fact that I can learn and I'm very, very keen to learn. So for me to start off this entrepreneurial journey, uh, the thing which really pushed me to do it because I was keen to learn, right? I was keen to learn things. Even now when I, was, when I, when I mentioned about the, the entire tech platform, I did not even know the type of languages which exist, right? What was Angular, what is Python? They were words for me. They meant nothing. Now, if you ask me, I can give you a detailed explanation of what these systems are. What do they do? What is my SQL, right? They all sound probably to someone who is very tech, who understands tech. This is this is common jargon. For me, these were new words, right? That made me Google, that made me think, that made me look into things again, which adds on to my confidence, right? Which, which helps me, firstly, helps me uh, stay engaged learn right and and probably excites me a lot more which which adds on to my uh to my confidence yeah i think that, that there's some really great takeouts there vishal you know i think having a, a natural curiosity and to want to learn and be a better version of yourself is, is is definitely a starting point and like you say once you actually get start something it's never as bad as you think it's going to be and 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 as you see the results come in and the feedback yeah okay we're not going to get everything right but I think then you're right, just keep going. And, and it's like a snowball. It, it definitely gathers momentum, doesn't it? And then before you know it, you kind of look back and go, gosh, look how far we've come. You know, it, it's it's fantastic, really. So, yeah, no, that's brilliant, actually. So anyone that's sort of struggling a little bit with their confidence or self-belief, you know, find something you're going to really love and and just give it a just give it a go. Make a start. <laughs> you have to. You have to take the first step. Right. It is, you know, it is better to do something rather than just thinking about it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I have I have so many people who constantly complain about the fact that they are bored in their job. They don't want to do this. They want to change their career. But they don't take a step forward. Right. Nothing will change for you if you don't take a step forward. And that's something which I keep on telling everyone is the fact that at the end of the year, you need to be able to sit down and see what is it that you have learned. What are the new skills which you have acquired? Have you learned something? It could be, it is not pertaining to your job. It could be anything else. But have you learned anything in that whole year or you have just done your job, you have done exactly the same thing what you were doing before and nothing has changed for you. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, Jeanette, is the fact that you should at least try and say, my new year resolution, I wouldn't call it a new year resolution because I always break it, but it's the bits in terms of just deciding on doing something every year to say, this is something which I have learned or I have done something different or I have changed the way I was doing things before. 
Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Honestly, life's too short. And, and you know, who wants a life of regret? At least give it a go. And who knows, you'll either, be, you know, you might be massively successful, hopefully. If not, you'll have learned something and then that'll help you in the next time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And I think that's the thing. People want change, but they're not prepared to change themselves. And you have to. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, Vishal, we could talk all day. I can't wait to see where this business, where this business is going to go. But on, on a serious note, with with we the chefs, where where do you see it heading? You know, I mean, I appreciate it's a startup, and there'll be lots of kind of different thoughts you've got at the moment. But you know, what what is the vision for the business, Vishal? If you have one at this point of time, talk us through that. I think one of the key things which we are looking at, uh, Jeanette, is definitely make it pan India because at this point in time, it's all across. Uh, uh, I would say North India. How do we extend? How do we expand this uh, across India? Secondly, how do we go global? There, there are opportunities in Australia. There are opportunities in uh, in UK. There are similar uh, things which are happening in the US. How do we make sure that we are probably aligning with them and 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 make We the Chefs uh, a global platform, right? Where it's just not about you know connecting people with good food, but how do we give uh, budding chefs had access to a new market completely right so so that's what we are looking at i think you know uh the next few years i would definitely want to see be the chef going uh going global oh i love it i love a big vision a big hairy audacious goal Michelle. <laughs> don't don't forget your friends when you've built this huge international business don't forget who your <laughs> friends are <laughs> there would be a bag of red chilies always <laughs> yes, absolutely. We were joking earlier, weren't we, about, you know, the Vishal used, used to be my spice mule and would always be bringing over like full big bags full of chili so that Chris could do his Indian cooking at home. Maybe he could be one of your one of your home chefs then, Vishal. There yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> We can actually get him to India and cook for the cook for us over here. He's a Welsh Indian chef. There you are. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, Vishal, honestly, it's been fantastic hearing about your journey and, and all the exciting things you've got going on. I, I'm really, honestly, I'm so positive about the future. I know you're going to make a roaring success of this. It's, it's really wonderful. So if you don't mind, I've got a couple of final questions, um, which is how I always like to to kind of end the podcast. So when you look back through, you know, your career, your life, everything that you've achieved, all the wonderful places that you've lived, can you think of, and the people that you've spent a lot of time with over the years, can you think of the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? I think one best piece of advice which was given to me fairly early on in my career, Jeanette, was the fact that uh, don't wait for the end of the year to tell people that they haven't done what they have, what they were supposed to do. So. Uh, but of my bosses, she actually said that, and an appraisal shouldn't come as a surprise because if it comes as a surprise, <clears throat> I have failed in my job, right? Because at every given point of time, I should be giving you feedback to make sure that you do well and in turn, the business does well. That to me has stayed for the last 25 years because for me, that is so important. I should not be getting into someone at the end of the year and saying I've done a pathetic job. Right, because if I'm telling him he's done a bad job, I'm probably responsible for it because I have not supported him throughout the year, him or her throughout the year. Right, so that I thought was a was a brilliant piece of advice. Secondly, one of the on a lighter note, one of the advice which I got from you was FIFO. Right, fit in or fuck off. 
<laughs> and I have followed it to the T. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh damn. No, no, but on a serious note, that made perfect sense, right? If you if you need a business to be successful, you need to fit in, right? You need to fit in or get your idea to fit in and be there as a part of the team. And if you think you can't fit in, it's better you you get out and you move off, right? right? There's no reason for you to stay because you, you're going to be a distractor then, right? End of the day, you need to have people sitting on the same bears, facing the same direction, right? That is important. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think, I, and I first received, personally received that advice myself from Dermot Blasland, who was the, who was the MD at First Choice. And he had quite a, quite a direct style of leadership, shall we say, did Dermot. But um, yeah, there we go. Oh, well, I'm glad that's lasted with you all these years, Vishal. I'm not sure it's my proudest moment to have <laughs> put so many expletives into, into one phrase. Oh, my word, I'm supposed to be a lady. Um, no, that's, that's, that's great. But yeah, the, the principle being, yeah, find your tribe, right? Find your tribe, find somewhere that you, you, you really can be passionate about what you're doing. That's the ladylike version of it. <laughs> <laughs> so Vishal, any bad advice or advice that hasn't gone so well for you over these years? I think, uh, I would say bad advice. But wherever I've been told to uh, sort of focus completely on business and not the people side of it, I have never felt very comfortable doing it, right? For me, uh, people are an integral part of your business. Yes, uh, it's not about not being able to take the right decision, but it's about being open, transparent, and honest in terms of why we are doing things. It makes things a lot more easier. So for me, uh, it's important to be focused on business, right? And there are times when you have to take some hard calls, right? You have to take some, some decisions where you have to impact people's life, and that's absolutely fine. But that can be done in a better way, right? It, it's more in terms of uh, being, being open and honest about it rather than, uh, rather than not being, um, rather than not being transparent. Right, that's something which I have, uh, which I have never agreed to, and that is not something which I have never done in my uh, in my career. I've I've always opted for the way where we would be, where we would be honest to the employees, and make sure that everyone understands the reason why you're making those changes. Right, the, because I think what what we what we don't realize, Janet, is the fact that if you don't tell people, right, you're creating more. Uh, I think people tend to get a lot more anxious. Right. So it's not just about the people impacted, but the entire team gets anxious and everyone sort of stays inward focused, looking at themselves and, and, and who's moving or what is happening to the organization, rather than trying to look at what is happening outside the market. The competition is outside, not inside. Right. And, and we we need to make sure that we are. Uh, we keep making people feel confident of the reasons as to why we make this move. Right? everyone understands. And I don't think we are, we are dealing with mature adults. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Vishal. And I think that sort of integrity, you know, the way that you handle yourself in the good times and the more difficult times is, is says a lot about you as a person and, and about 
you know, that you bring your whole self and your core values into everything you do. And, and I think that's absolutely right. And sometimes it's an area that gets neglected or people get clouded because they're so focused on the numbers and the business that they forget. Actually, every business is about people. And fundamentally, people don't work for you or for the business. They work for themselves. They work for their families. They work for their, you know, what they can create in terms of their own life as well. So it's a good reminder, isn't it, actually? But yeah, well, yeah, I totally agree with that, Bishal. Thank you very much. So my last question before we finish is this podcast called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. It's taken me months and months to get you on this, Vishal. So I was I was tenacious myself in, in, in making sure that I got you on. But when you think about that either as a phrase or separate words, what does Brave, Bold, Brilliant mean to you, Vishal? I would probably say, you know, uh, all three of them, uh, pretty much as a phrase. I would, I would probably take that as a phrase and say, uh, the ability to do something completely different, right? Think outside the box. That is where brilliance comes from, right? Uh, when you're thinking outside the box, you need to be brave and bold enough to be able to take that call and move on with that dream and aspiration which you have. So, so that's what it means for me: is the ability to be able to do something different and be able to something to be able to create something which is equally beautiful. Oh, fantastic. What a great way to end, Vishal. This is wonderful. So before we finish, where can people find you, Vishal? Because I'm sure loads of people are going to be interested in connecting with you, in particular with the new business venture. So on LinkedIn, right? Or my uh, email address, uh, Dwayne, uh, you know, uh, vishal.s at vithashares.in. Lovely, lovely. And we'll put all those details in the show notes so everyone can reach out to you. But honestly, Vishal, thank you so much. I've really loved our conversation. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much, Ned. Pleasure to be with you. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.